Good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you're here with us today. I'm Sarah. This is Micah, and we're the lead pastors at the Vine Church. And we are so thankful today for technology and being able to share a message with you. Absolutely. So how's your week been? What's uh, what's it involved? Has it been joyful? Have you had fun? Have you experienced challenges this week? You know, I woke up um, late this week, a few days ago, um, and uh, and I just felt a heaviness. Mm. I felt a weight, and I couldn't really pin it to anything specific. And I sat in a journal, and I spent some time praying that morning. And uh, I was reminded of a verse that we've been looking at this week as we were preparing to speak. Um, it's out of Nehemiah. And uh, the author there, uh, he's speaking to the Israelite people in a very hard season. And he said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so today we're going to explore the subject of joy, uh, which is kind of interesting. Even in the midst of some of the heaviness or the sorrow I've been feeling, uh, we're going to talk about joy. That's that's an awesome thing to talk about today. So we've been in a series called The Way of Jesus, and we've been looking at the teaching of Jesus and the life of Jesus and how those two things align. And and our goal in all of this is, is to describe what does the way of Jesus look like and then to ask the question, what does it look like for us to follow Jesus? So today we're talking about joy. Joy. And I think it can often be somewhat confused with happiness, mm -hmm. right? But happiness is a more fleeting thing. Happiness revolves around the circumstances, the things that I'm experiencing, and I feel happy because of uh, this serotonin or dopamine uh, hit in my body, right? It makes me feel happy in that moment. However, joy is a conversation of something much more deeply rooted within us and something that relates closely to the life teaching of Jesus and the Bible. So we're going to start off today looking at John 15. And John 15 is a passage that is really near and dear to us. It's the passage in which Jesus is speaking and he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And this is, this is where we get the name the vine church from, that it's all about Jesus and Jesus is the vine. He is the source of life and we are the branches that come off of the vine. So in John 15, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And he'll go on to say, this is how you show yourselves to be my disciples if you remain in me and you bear fruit. Okay, so he continues in John 15 uh, verse 9. He's going to talk about two things. He's going to talk about love and joy. Here's what he says. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy uh, may be in you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So what Jesus does here is he links uh, the subjects of love and joy. He says, um, I have loved you. Uh, now um, experience my love, remain in my love and love other people. And it's in this context of love in which he says, my joy will be in you and uh, your joy may become complete. And in this joy that comes from the love from the Father, uh, it, it then extends to a love in the world. He says, love each other as I have loved you. 
So he promises as we remain in him and as we follow Jesus's examples, we love God and love people, then Jesus' joy will be in us and his joy will be complete. That word complete is really interesting to me. It means full or whole or without defect, without a problem. And when I read this, I don't think of a happiness that comes and goes depending on what's happening around us. Rather, it's a, it's a much deeper definition here. This, this idea of joy is gladness or, or contentedness. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Contentedness, um, found in abiding in Jesus, found in remaining in God. It's like the settled assurance or this quiet confidence that yes, I am in God's hands. Okay. So Jesus teaches about joy. He says, my joy will be in you. You will experience mm -hmm. that, and it'll be in the context of loving relationships. But as we've been exploring these, this way of Jesus, uh, we've been looking at both his teaching and his example of it. And there's a really interesting story in Luke chapter 10. It's a story of Jesus sending out 72 of his closest followers. And uh, he sends them out. He says, go to the towns that I will come and visit afterwards and proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. Um, and, uh, and, and so they go out and they're preaching and they're teaching and they're driving out evil spirits and all these wild things are happening. And they're seeing like the kingdom of God is near, right? The kingdom is coming and things are changing and happening in this world. And so the disciples now return, these 72 return to Jesus with all sorts of joy. And so we're going to read from Luke 10, verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy from the spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All right. This is a really interesting passage to me because... Um, the, the disciples' joy, the, his followers' joy, was rooted in the experience they had just had. It was rooted in having seen powerful things happen, casting out demons and just remarkable things happening around them. And so naturally, they're very happy. The word here is used joyful, is yeah. joyful. They're, they're joyful because of what they had experienced. Mm -hmm. However, Jesus makes a shift. Yeah, he redirects their joy. He says, don't rejoice that the demons submit to you. Rather, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that you are my people. Rejoice that this you are a part of this new movement that I am bringing in. Yeah, here's the fascinating thing. Uh, Jesus says your joy ought to be related to the kingdom of heaven coming. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. The coming of God's kingdom. And um, after all, that's his prayer when he teaches them to pray. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And who, so he says, yeah, the circumstances of what you experience, those are great. Yeah. <laughs> that's cause for joy. Be very happy about that. However, there's a much bigger picture and this deeper seated joy in your life ought to revolve around his kingdom coming. And I think it, it's also interesting to mention in here that um, he, he says um, this truth and this kingdom has been revealed not to the wise and the learned, not to the great people in your society, um, but uh, revealed to the little children. He speaks of a marginalized, overlooked community in Israelite society. And he says, no, nope, this kingdom that is coming that we are rejoicing in, it's for the ordinary people, even the marginalized. And I love that. I love that about the kingdom of, Jesus, mm. of God, because we see that over and over in the story of Jesus. So so Jesus here says that the kingdom of God is connected to the, uh, the, the joy of Jesus is connected to the kingdom of God coming. So what does this kingdom of God look like? You know, when I think of the kingdom of God, I think of two primary things. First of all, it's the healing and restoration that God brings. And the disciples just saw this in a very powerful way as they went out and, and they, they taught and they, and they, performed miracles, they saw this healing and restoration of God. And also I think of a community of people living as God intended, a community of people um, loving God and loving people as God loves people. So this is what the kingdom of God is all about. And this is a source of joy mm-hmm. in our lives and in this world. Now, there's an interesting passage in Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, um, and uh, it speaks, uh, the author kind of describes this joy that Jesus experienced in life. And I want to take just a moment to look at this as well. It says, uh, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now he's speaking of all of the heroes of faith from the past. And so he says, we're surrounded by all these people that lived into faith in their life. And he says, so so here's what we do. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I think this is a fascinating passage, especially that last sentence, that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured mm. the cross. You know, um, so often we have this very dualistic thinking, almost this fairy tale thinking that things are either all good or all bad. And yet life is so much more complex than that. And we see that here, that the complexity and the juxtaposition here of joy and suffering, of joy and sorrow, that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. So often we have to hold um, two things in tension. You know, I think of, I think of marriage. Marriage is a great example. I love Micah. I am, (laughs) yay. I love Micah. I love being married to Micah. I love doing life with Micah. And also, Sometimes marriage is really hard and we, we struggle to get along. Like those are the things that are just normal in, in, in a marriage. You hold these two things in tension. Um, it, it's 
wonderful and also it can be really hard. And so we see that here. We see that um, in this sentence that the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. We see joy and sorrow, um, healing and pain. Those are things that we hold together in tension. Yeah. And, and yet in tension, it, it, the author describes here that it was joy that enabled him mm-hmm. to endure both the suffering and the shame of the cross. Again, it's, it's this deeper seated sense of joy that overcomes yeah. the sorrow or the fear or the hurt of the circumstances. You know, it describes Jesus finding such joy in the fact that God's kingdom is being ushered into this world, that he could experience that kind of suffering. And of course, on the backside of that suffering came the exaltation, sitting at the right hand of God came the fulfillment and the experience of that that realization of joy that he had rooted in the kingdom of God. That's a really powerful concept to think about. And, and it makes me ask the question, so, 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 I mean, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him, this, this bringing in of the kingdom of God. What joy has been set before us? You know, we are also invited to participate in the kingdom of God, to be a part of the kingdom of God, to remain in Jesus, to love God, to love people, to walk with the spirit, to participate in the creator's restoration of creation. And as we do this, Jesus promises that this journey may not be easy, but it will be full of joy. And it's this deep abiding joy of being a part of something big and being a part of something that is of God. I had an interesting experience this week. Um, we had a, a party, a Halloween or a, a fall party for the, the youth group this week. Uh-huh. And um, it, it was a ton of fun. Kids, kids had a lot of fun. But what was interesting to me was it was the morning of the party when four or five of us got together and put up the black lights and the decorations and just working shoulder to shoulder with friends in the church towards a purpose, towards bringing joy and, and something fun to the young people in the church. It was the experience of setting up that was almost as much fun to me as the event itself. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of what we're talking about here. The idea that joy is rooted not just in the circumstances or the fun of a moment, but it's related to the relationships we have with each other in the kingdom of God working towards good Mm -hmm. things. And, you know, it can be hard to live into joy in our day-to-day lives. I mean, like I mentioned, it was kind of a hard and heavy week. And I started that morning not feeling great and working alongside friends brought joy into my life. So what does it look like to live into this joy? If maybe we're experiencing some challenges in life, the author here in Hebrews gives us um, some hints at what it looks like to be intentional and to experience joy. He says, throw off everything that hinders. What is it that's dragging us down in life right now? What is it that's sapping our joy in life? He says, all right, get rid of that and run this race with perseverance. It's not a sprint, but instead day by day, day after day, continue to engage in the things of God. He says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So day by day in this marathon that we run, we find joy as we fix our eyes on Jesus and we live into his way and we live into his kingdom. And so as we remain in Jesus, as 
we walk in relationship with God. Jesus promises that our his joy will be in us and that our joy will be made complete in him. This deep, constant joy of being a part of and participating in the kingdom of God. Yeah, Jesus is inviting each of us to experience his joy, to experience completeness in his joy. And it'll happen in the context of our relationship with him, and it'll happen in the context of our relationships with each other, and it will happen as we walk in the way of Jesus, seeing his kingdom kingdom come in this world. You know, I'm reminded of something else that Jesus says. He, you know, he, he says, seek first his kingdom mm-hmm. and all these other things will be added to you. It's not that we, we seek joy and that's why we follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's rather that we follow Jesus and we walk in relationship with God and the spirit. And in that relationship, then God's joy is in us. The fruit of the the spirit um, develops that fruit of mm-hmm. joy in us and his joy is made complete in us. Absolutely. So this week we're invited to walk in the way of Jesus and that is of joy, uh, a rootedness mm-hmm. in the reality that his kingdom is coming and his will is being done on this earth. And we get to participate in that joyful journey. Let's say a prayer together. Dear God, thank you so much for your invitation to walk with you. Jesus, we thank you for your joy that you have placed in us. In spirit, we thank you that you're continually developing um, the joy in us. And God, I just pray today for for all of us, for for Micah and I, and for all of us listening um, today, Lord, that you would help us to fix our eyes on you, to surrender to you, to remain in you, to love you and love people. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to develop your joy in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us this morning. We hope it brings a little bit of joy today (laughs) and in the week to come. Blessings. Bye, everyone.